and welcome back to the Coach Bali M podcast, where we dive into all things women's health, fitness, and of course, a little bit of netball. I'm your host, Leanne, and today I want to talk about manifesting self-love. Now, I've talked about negative thoughts and uh, mindset and that kind of thing quite a lot. I talk about it quite a lot on Instagram. And I've been reading a book this month called Make It Happen. I'm part of a book club with Francesca Amber, uh, who runs the podcast um, Law of Attraction Changed My Life. And this month we're doing a back to basics manifestation book. We do lots of different like self-help books every month and it's been so incredibly helpful for me for the last couple of years. But this book, although it's about manifestation, so you kind of think about manifesting cars, money, man in your life, got one of those anyway, but you know, you kind of think of that, but actually there's the chapter she dedicates to manifesting self-love. And although a lot in there is things that I've read in other books, I talk about myself, the chapter itself just really, really spoke to me. And so I wanted to do my own podcast dedicated to that chapter. Now, it's really important to understand that self-love is not a selfish thing. We kind of, I don't know if it's like a typical bloody British thing, but we kind of, had this thing where self-love is being egotistical. If you were to say that you love yourself, then you're being uh, really egotistical, really up your own ass, that, that kind of vibe. But it's really not. And, you know, I often talk about the, the top things for self-love would be eating well and exercising. And, you know, they're they're the ultimate self-care, self-love, because you're showing yourself that you are worthy of healthy food. You're worthy of keeping yourself fit, keeping yourself healthy. Um, And so I think it's it's kind of turning around these days where self-love is coming back to the real form in which, um, which it should be. And in the book, she describes about how if you were having a party at home and you were serving some like top quality French champagne and you went round the room, topping up everyone's glasses and you ran out of champagne so that you don't get to enjoy the champagne yourself, that is not showing self-love. Because you you need to make sure there's enough champagne for yourself as well as what's going around. So it's really important that there are times in our life we should be prioritizing ourselves. And, you know, if it is possible to prioritize yourself, your health or your whatever it is that fills your cup before giving out to other people. And that's not being selfish. That's actually allowing yourself to show up as the best version of yourself. So, you know, if you can do the things that make you feel good by feeling good, you are going to be a much better person to your husband, to your family. 
So it's really important that you you make you the priority. And then self-love is also not conditional. Like so many times we do this thing where we're like, oh, when I lose the weight, then I'll love myself. Or when I get a particular job, then I'll love myself. And self-love shouldn't be a, a form that appears or something that appears as soon as you reach a particular milestone. You should be able to love yourself as you are right now. And that, that is the perfect example of what self-love is. So she gives you an exercise. So I'd like you to try this yourself at home. And so there's three questions. Question number one, what are the five main things preventing you from loving yourself completely? Number two, if you could change any five things about yourself, inside or out, what would they be and why? And the third one, if you were told that none of those things listed in the previous two questions could be changed, could you love yourself despite them? And she says about having a real aha moment during that exercise herself. But it really resonated with me as well because I have spent and I've spoken about this you know quite a few times but I've spent years and years berating myself certainly not practicing any form of self-love but if I was to lift out list out those things none of those things that would prevent me from loving myself would prevent me from loving anyone else and I think that's like really really important so make sure that you're able to look past any quote-unquote faults of yourself that you would for somebody else. And we are just the worst people to critique ourselves. And we would never, you would never talk about or talk, you know, you, the things that we say in our head, you'd never say out loud. And you'd never say that to somebody else and we spend like the amount of time I would body check in the mirror and I would put myself down so much constantly and then I'd think right I need to go on another diet or I need to go out and run again and keep um you know keep exercising and the amount of energy wasted because I did not love myself and all that energy and keeping myself in a real low vibe it it's just it's just insane whereas if I just accepted myself for who I was then I'd have all that energy left for something else something else I could do like the thing about self-love as well, self-love is 100% accept, accepting yourself for who you are right now. Self-love is not meaning that you should never want to improve. Because I always think that we should always be striving to improve. You shouldn't want to be in this same position this time next year. In any kind of way, whether that's in your job, your career, your family, your house, your car, your body, 
your hobbies, whatever it is. And it doesn't have to be all every aspect of your life. It might feel really overwhelming sometimes. But you should always be striving to improve yourself in some way. And that isn't because you don't love yourself. That is because you do love yourself that you get to improve, that you get to work on yourself, you know. And by changing that kind of narrative in your head, I I used to exercise and I saw it as a form of punishment because of the food I ate. And then because of the food I ate, I would punish myself, punish my body for eating that food by then starving myself. So it's it's really important that you t- you know you change the narrative in your head, you flip it on on its head, and you do things for the love of your body because you you just wouldn't talk about those things to your you know I always say be your own best friend because you wouldn't say the things you say to yourself to your best friend you wouldn't dream, you probably wouldn't even think about them I know all my friends I never think anywhere near the things about them that I have done about myself in my past and you know I still fall down that rabbit hole of you know thinking negatively about myself but it's different now because I have the ability to to challenge it to change it now in the book as well she talks about how we don't necessarily show self-love but also gives you lots of practical applications that you can do and things I've spoken about before again but I think she puts them in a really succinct way so I'm just going to go through um some of those things that we have so our thoughts in our head and I did a reel about this I think it was last year um you know we have like I think it's like 80,000 thoughts in our head and like 80 to 90% of those thoughts are repetitive. So we think the same things and we think them again and again, day after day. And they're like a constant loop in our head. And they're not always true. So just because it's a thought doesn't make it a fact. And so it's really important to take yourself away from your thoughts and not give them any feelings. And so when our self-worth is low, your thoughts tend to follow similar patterns. And so I'm going to give you certain ways in which our thoughts um, show us low self-worth and certainly no self-love. So the negative Nellies. So you choose to focus on an insignificant negative part of much a positive, a much larger positive. So, for example, you're going to bring in netball, obviously. So you play a netball game. 90% of the time you're playing that game, you are playing really well. Then it comes to the, like, say you're a shooter, because this is, this is really uh, a good example as a shooter. And we've all done it as shooters. Comes to the end of the game and you get a penalty pass or shot. By scoring that goal means you'll win the match or it means you'll draw or it means you'll get over half score. You know, it's it's a significant shot and you miss it. The whistle goes, end of the game, the other team wins and you don't 
get whatever it target is that you know or you don't even win you don't win or you don't draw so the other team go off celebrate and despite the fact that the vast majority of that game you played extraordinarily well your focus you'll put all that focus all your focus on that one missed shot and you won't take away with you how well you did you won't take away from you all the praise that everyone has given you because all you can think about is that one missed shot you won't accept that the 59 minutes and 57 seconds of the game was the lead up to whether you won or lost no 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 we'll think in our heads it's that one shot i am the reason why we lost the game and you berate yourself for it and then that's how you then that that little slip up is then how you filter all your future games okay next one if i'm not the best i'm the absolute worst so you know that thought of if you can't do something perfectly then i can't do it at all so if you can't get 100% of your shots in then i'm a rubbish shooter if you can't um follow your diet absolutely perfect then you're the worst dieter and so you don't do it and it comes in that all or nothing mindset perfection trap that we wanting to be perfect is an all or nothing mindset and it's just not the way life goes and it, there's a, a couple of ways reasons why that manifests it's an easy excuse so I hear it quite often or like, if I can't do it perfectly, then I'm not going to do it at all. Uh, so it's an easy excuse for you to, for example, not follow your diet. But also it's a fear of failure because you haven't, you know, especially again, if we talk about dieting and losing, losing weight, losing body fat, because of numerous times that you've probably tried before and failed, the thought of trying to do it again and therefore, if you're not going to do it perfectly, then you're not going to bother doing it at all because you're, you're scared that you're going to fail on that diet yet again. And it's that fear of failure because what's happened in the past, the diets that you've tried haven't been successful because either the, you know, the typical things where they're too unsustainable, like drastically low calories or crazy things you've got cut out of your diet or you haven't been supported with someone like a coach or you haven't had that level of accountability or you're not really sure what you're doing you get put off by the scale weight going up and all these things and so you're you're scared because in the past you have failed you're scared of doing that again and you're scared of the fact that you perhaps can't trust yourself and so you put this perfection on it and so that therefore if it can't be perfect it's not going to work and therefore I'm not going to try labeling and this is linked to the last one labeling how many times do we label ourselves things like I'm useless I'm boring I'm hopeless and that label like the podcast I did last week is a um was about your identity and so labeling yourself giving yourself an identity of that though your actions and your thoughts and therefore your um 
your view of reality will be based on the label that you give yourself. So be very wary of the labels you give yourself. Next one, should do this, must do that. And setting yourself parameters is a really bad, bad idea when it comes to your thoughts. So you, we set ourselves standards based on fabricated data, telling us, telling us things like we must weigh 70 kilos. You must have this particular job in order to be successful. You must earn this amount of money. You shouldn't wear that dress. You shouldn't do this. You shouldn't do that. And it's like, well, says who? Who who are the people that say these shoulds and these musts? We put these things on ourselves. And all you're doing is setting standards that are potentially unachievable. And therefore, you're going to set yourself up for failure. And if you set yourself up for failure, you're going to be disappointed. And you're going back to that labeling yourself, I'm useless. You're going back to that thing where because you're not the best, because you can't do it perfectly, therefore you're the worst. Then you go back to more labeling. And it's just a downward spiral. So get rid of the shoulds and the must. And that also kind of goes with things like I should go to the gym. And I know I I fall into this trap sometimes. I go, I, sh- I really should go to the gym. And I catch myself doing it. And I go, no, 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 no. I get to go. Because all these things, like in life, I say this so much to my clients. You have a choice. You don't have to do any of this shit at all. No one is forcing you. You're telling me this is what, this is the end product. This is your end goal. This is what you want to achieve. And I'm telling you, okay, if you want to achieve that, this is what you need to do to get there. I'll help you. I'll support you. I'll cheer you all the way. I'll build you up when you're feeling low. But ultimately, you have to put in the work. But ultimately, you have a choice. So when I'm saying, you know, go to the gym tomorrow, you don't have to go. It isn't a must. It isn't a should. You get to go. You get to choose. And I always remember a conversation I had um, with a friend of mine. She's an absolute awesome triathlete. And she now travels the world um, competing in for Great Britain in so many different uh, competitions and I remember sitting in the pub and again this was just a slip of a tongue but she like she's living out a dream of so many people I mean representing your country for me I think is just awesome it definitely missed my time in <laughs> in netball I don't think I'd ever have got there um but that's why I love triathlon. Just going to complete that. That's why I love triathlon because no matter your age, you put in the work, you can represent your country, and I think that is wonderful. Where there isn't that kind of, um, there's only like in most sports, there's only that elite level. There isn't that opportunity at a more amateur level to represent your country, and I think that's really really special about triathlon. Anyway, I remember sitting in the pub and she was talking about her training and stuff like that, and she's she was. She mentioned um, something, some part of her training, and she said, oh, I should do that tomorrow. And I went, no, 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 no. You get to do that. Because, you know, ultimately, she has definitely put in all the work. She worked fucking hard in her training. 
she's awesome but she deserves everything that she's got because of the effort she's put in but it's still a privilege to do what she does because she has you know the ability she has the opportunity to be able to represent her country and train and do all this kind of stuff and travel the world but she shouldn't have to do any of that she gets to do it so I think that's a really good mindset shift as well next one another one I am really bad at reading minds now actually I am I always think I'm reasonably psychic always got a bit of a woo-woo side of me and I am very very good at reading the room and I'm very very good at reading people and I can tell almost instantly whether it's someone I've just met or someone that I'm quote unquote friends with (laughs) or someone I know I am pretty good at reading those people. Like there's all different, this is going on another tangent, but there's all different kind of what we call clairs, like clairvoyance, clairsentience, clairaudience. Um, so it's different ways in which you can feel energy. So clairvoyance is where you're apparently hearing voices of, I don't know, spirits or something. Clairaudience is when you can hear it. Now clairsentience is when you can feel it. I'm sure it's clairsentience. Is when you can feel it. And um I am I am convinced I am quite good at that. But because I am convinced I am very good at reading people and reading that energy off people, because of that, I feel I sometimes take it too far. And so I think I create stories in my head about what other people are thinking about me. So, you know, she thinks I'm fat. They hate me. They're thinking this. They're thinking that. You know, that terrible thing when people don't text back. And I probably do it as well. You know, when you don't text, someone doesn't text you back. You start creating stories in your head about what they think of you. When in fact, if you're (laughs) a busy person like me, I and I. Well, I'd imagine 99% of you will, you know, say you're a busy person. You will retext and think, oh, yeah, I've got to get. Then you get distracted by your kids. You get distracted by this, that, and the other, the cooking. And then you forget to reply. And then before you know it, it's number 20 in your WhatsApp list. While that other person is thinking, God, she hates me. She's thinking this of me. She's thinking that of me. And you have literally just forgotten because now in your WhatsApp list, that person's message is so far down and we all do it and so we then start creating stories which are totally untrue we've got no facts to back up that thought to back up that story totally just made it up in your head and I I know I'm terrible at doing that okay next one catastrophizing do you always predict the worst case scenario I have to say and I don't think she listens to my podcast but my mother is terrible at catastrophizing and she always thinks the worst uh, of the situation. And the last one, predicting the future. So I'll never finish this. I'll embarrass myself at that speech. Uh, no one will like me at my new job. Again, stories we create in our head and we make up. And we've got no basis of fact for it. So 
how do we overcome this? So challenge your thoughts toolkit. So first step is to recognize and label. So as soon as I have a negative thought, and I'm getting so much better at this, as soon as I have a negative thought, recognize it, label it as negative, and then let it go. You are never going to stop negative thoughts. We are negative bias as humans. So you're never going to stop them, but that doesn't mean you have to indulge them. It doesn't mean you have to give them a feeling. You have to give them any credit. You recognize it as, as a thought. You recognize it as a negative thought. Then basically you tell it to fuck off because it's not true. Um, next, next, uh, next bit in your toolkit, stop. So uh, when you hear that thought in your head, you label it as negative, you can tell it to stop especially if you're starting to find yourself going down in a spiral. You shout, stop. If you're on your own, and you're, or if you're not on your own, you're brave enough, literally shout out, stop. Um, and if you think it, um, think it really loudly and give it that emphasis that can really help. What are the chances? So those of you who catastrophize or predict your, do the future predicting thoughts, challenge yourself on those negative predictions and then say what are the chances so if you think oh I'm never going to finish this project challenge yourself on that and go what are the chances of you never actually finishing where's the evidence from before that you've had a difficult project like that and you haven't finished because I bet you're any money there is no evidence next one lawyer that thought so put that thought into like a a courtroom and cross-examine so again it's asking yourself what evidence do you have for that thought um would you be able to or would anyone else be able to collaborate or corroborate the validity of that thought and would you swear on your children's lives that that thought was absolute fact and absolute truth. And then the last one, is this thought worth any energy? So majority of the time, this answer should be no. And so, you know, telling yourself, so if you have like a repeating thought of telling yourself that you are useless or you're worthless, is it worth spending energy on that thought? Because the answer is no. So tell it to stop and let it go. Don't give it more emphasis. Don't give it any more legs to carry on. You tell that thought to stop and you tell it to go away. Okay. So other things that you can do is practice authenticity. So a huge chunk of your own self-criticism comes from the fear of what other people are going to think about you. But pretending to be someone you're not is exhausting. And it's the biggest waste of energy out there. So drop the pretense and just be yourself. And I bet you any money, yourself is way more fun, way more interesting. And such a higher vibe than pretending to be whoever it is you're trying to pretend to be. 
just be you because there's no one else like you and you are worth being you. You know, you, you are put on this earth, whether you believe in any religion or the universe or anything like that, you are here as you. There is no one else like you. So you are worth being you. Be authentically you and be proud to be authentically you. Say what you mean and mean what you say. Do you often want to say no to someone but end up saying yes to avoid their hurting their feelings and then you end up feeling shitty? Or do you hold back from telling someone how you really feel because you're afraid of their, their response? And so every time you do this, you're moving out of alignment with your own authenticity by prioritizing their feelings over your own. Standing up for yourself is a, an act of self-empowerment. And you don't have to be mean or nasty to do this. You just need to be firm and decisive. And don't apologize for it. So, you know, we're really bad as women as apologizing for everything. Even like if you get in someone's way, you, you, you're like, oh, sorry. Well, no, if they get in your way, if someone walks into you, if you get in someone else's way, do apologize. But if someone walks into you, you're like, oh, sorry. And it's like, well, what are you apologize for? That's not your fault. It wasn't your fault at all. The next one I think is really important as well. Be kind to yourself when you make mistakes. Because without mistakes, without failure, you don't learn. Like, even if you go back to when you were at school, when you, when you got something wrong, that's how you learned. That is how we learn. And that's what we tell our kids, isn't it? Like, I'm always telling Reese, like, because he, go, he goes fucking nuts if he gets something wrong. He absolutely goes wrong. And so we are constantly trying to teach him that getting it wrong is is fine that's how you learn you can't expect everything you do to be right all the time i mean it's just just so disillusioned isn't it like when we really put it like that if you think that everything that you are going to do in your life is going to be perfect you're living in fucking cuckoo land because it's not we can't be we're all human that phrase i'm only human I mean, it's just so true, isn't it? Because no one can be perfect all the time. And without it, you're not going to be able to grow. And it's about having a growth mindset. So another great book, it's a hard read, but it is a, a really, really good book, is Mindset by Carol Dweck. And in that book, she talks about having a growth mindset. And, you know, you uh, Probably the most successful people in in life, and I'm not talking about necessarily like the Elon Musks of this world, but just anywhere in life, most successful people are those that have a growth mindset. And so those that think that they are able to get better will be far more successful than those that think there's there's a limit. Like if you think, oh, um, this is how clever I am. I would never be able to get cleverer. That, that, that's it. That's my limit. That's a fixed mindset. And so if you want to be successful, you need to have a growth mindset. Um, and in her book as well, I mean, going back to Reese, in her book, she talks about how to encourage growth mindsets in children. And she says it's about 
praising, like when they do a piece of work, it's not praising the outcome of that work. So whether it's a picture, it's not praising how perfect the picture is or if they do a test, it's not praising the marks. And this is really difficult to do. What you should be doing to encourage a growth mindset is praise the effort that they put in. And they, you know, she did lots of research and the re- her research shows that when you encourage effort, the growth mindset will come from that. And so with children, that's the thing. And like, if you think about it for yourself, like, um, you know, when you're kind to yourself, when you made mistakes, like, not everything's going to go perfectly. So if you've done like a project and perhaps the end outcome wasn't as great as you thought, but go back to look at the effort that you put into it. And if you know you've put in a lot of effort, then you'll learn from that and grow from that because then you'll be able to correctly analyze your mistakes. What you don't want to be doing is put in a lot of effort, perhaps not get the result you want, but then berate yourself for it. You're not going to grow from that. And then you're not going to want to put as much effort in because you'll just have this fear of failure. You'll label yourself, you'll say, what's the point? I'm useless. It's not going to work anyway. And then you can see how those thoughts then get traction and actually then start changing your actions. So embody a, a, a growth mindset and show yourself compassion. Take responsibilities for your actions. So responsibility is your ability to respond. So when things are not going your way, what are you going to do about it? Instead of blaming others and looking for external reasons why a situation went a certain way, Can you accept that you are the creator of your own future and everything that happens to you is because of your action or lack of action? Once I started realizing this, you you can absolutely change things. And I said, like again, I spoke about this in my podcast last week. You always have, and again earlier, it's all come back, comes back down to choices, doesn't it? You have a choice about things. And you can either choose to blame everything and everybody else, or you can choose to see perhaps where you went wrong and do something about it. And uh, Jack Canfield, he's another author that I absolutely love. And one of the, the very first book of his that I read is called Success Principles. And again, I highly recommend that book to everyone, especially if there's any coaches that listen to my podcast. If you haven't read the success principles, um, I'd really, really, or any business person or anyone, 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 the success principles are, is a really, really good book. And in there, he talks about this equation that E plus R equals outcome. So event plus response equals outcome. E plus R equals O. Event plus response equals outcome. So you might not be able to change the events, but you can change your responses to it. And by changing your responses, you will change the outcome. So for example, uh, obviously take netball into into play. Let's go back to that match where you where you lost. So you missed a shot at the end. So the event 
is that that match and you lost the match, your response to that match could be, well, I'm a shit shooter. Uh, it's all my fault, blah, blah, blah. And then you don't do anything about it. You go into the next game feeling down on yourself again still. You're still thinking about that last game. The outcome of the next game is probably going to be very similar. And in fact, your performance probably even dropped because now you've settled into that really negative mindset. Your response could be, okay, that was one shot out of 60 minutes worth of game. Let's look at my performance. Let's look at the performance of the team. What went wrong? And from that, your response is, okay, what could we have done better? Where, where perhaps could we have um, made some changes? So whether that's, you know, your shooting, perhaps your shooting wasn't perfect. So you go out and practice shooting so that, and you practice shooting in situations where you have pressure. So maybe go out and practice shooting with a friend and they scream in your ear constantly. So you're feeling pressure all the time or you put bets on it or something. So you're feeling the pressure because that last shot was a pressured shot. Um, or maybe uh, there was a breakdown elsewhere on the court. And so as a team, you decide to get together and practice on that thing. Maybe some analysis from the coach is wrong. So you get the coach to have a look at what, what was going on and why they ch- made the changes they did. And, you know, I mean, I know hindsight is a great thing in netball. Um, but there's all different things you could do. So your response was so much different than the first response and therefore the outcome of the next game is probably going to be different. Can't guarantee you'll win, but... <laughs> um, okay, uh, next one. Receive and give compliments. And this is something that I highly encourage a lot of my clients to do because we are quite bad at it as women and that is to accept compliments and we're so bad aren't we like if you turn up turn up to your Christmas party and you know you're looking hot as ever in in your little black dress and someone turns around to you and says oh my god you look so nice love that dress you know you know love the way you've done your hair blah 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 and you're like oh what this old thing oh no 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 and you dismiss the comment firstly not only is that rude because someone's willing to give you a compliment, it is rude. The second thing is, all that does is tell your subconscious brain that you are not worthy of that comment. And so, again, you take actions based on what your subconscious brain believes. And then the last thing. Uh, she talks about in this book I also want to pick up is faith so believing in yourself and believing in yourself doesn't necessarily mean like you are the best at something so you know as I get older I have more belief in myself in certain things and it's not because I think I'm the best far from it but it's because you start to have a belief, a strong faith in your own ability to make decisions guarded by your own intuition. 
And the more you use your intuition, the stronger your sense of self becomes. So really start to trust and, you know, work with your own intuition. I really believe that the more you work with your intuition, the more you can, you know, sense the energy around you, sense things and you and you trust yourself more and you can work with yourself more. So when you find yourself in a moment of self-doubt or self-loathing, instead of reaching for answers externally, what you can do is try sitting quietly with yourself and it kind of makes you feel uncomfortable, but allow those thoughts, those feelings to move through you. So you could do some like deep breathing. Um, It can really help like solutions could come to you as well like every time we have a moment to ourselves we often find that we just need to fill it with something but sometimes those quiet moments can really help us with problem solving with you know calming our nervous system down getting almost like a reality check on on things like you know when I say sit down and sit with those feelings question them use all the tricks of the toolkit that we went through question them don't give it an opportunity to manifest even more it's really important if you're going to sit with those feelings you allow them to come through you challenge them make them stop and pass away not giving yourself a chance to keep encouraging the self or the lack of self-worth okay well that's it for now So I hope those things really help. Um, And it might be worth, (laughs) if if this is something that, you know, really something you really struggle with, then I would go back and get pen and paper and write those things down or go and buy the book, Make It Happen uh, by Jordana Levan, Levin, Levan, L-E-V-I-N. And it is chat. Uh, I'm trying to go back to the book now chapter chapter nine chapter nine manifesting self-love like the whole book is about manifestation but that one chapter I thought really resonated with me with how I've changed over the last three years and talked very much about the sort of things that I used to do so damn well and I'm not saying that's a good thing <laughs> um, with you know, making sure I had a very low self-worth and certainly had no self-love for myself. And three years on, like so many things have changed for me for the better. I feel so much better about myself. I'm literally buzzing for life. Doesn't mean I don't have negative thoughts. And we all know I've done a recent reset because things did get a bit overwhelming. But now I have the tools in my toolkit to get me out of there to make me feel good about myself that I'm not spending months on end lying in bed like I used to I I did that at uni like literally days and days and days but I wouldn't get out of bed wouldn't get out of the house didn't go to my lectures didn't do my work I mean how I came out with degrees beyond me (laughs) I'm safe to say this because I know my mum doesn't listen to me um so uh so yeah it's like I am a hundred percent a different person to 
to what I was like even just three years ago so if it's that old thing if I can do it I know you can do it but it does take effort it does take work but if you're willing to put the work in you can be a different person and actually like the person you've become so I hope you found today's episode helpful and inspiring if you have any questions or suggestions for future topics feel free to reach out to me by instagram i am at coach Berlian. and as always please don't forget to subscribe and leave a review if you enjoyed today's episode it really does help get the word out and if you know someone that is perhaps suffering with uh, low vibration lack of self-worth lack of self-love please do share this episode or share it on your socials. I would hugely, hugely appreciate it. And if you are struggling to set yourself up for a successful fitness journey, there's a lot of S's in that, um, then why not get in touch and see if I can help. Send me a DM on Instagram and I would love to chat. Until next time, stay strong, stay empowered and keep working towards your fitness goals. Remember, You are capable of incredible things. Bye.